Thanks a million for tuning in to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. I'm your host, Alexandre Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. That's Alexandre, A L E X A N D R E Marie, M A R I E underscore talks, T A L K S, on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie is a podcast for the people by the people. I want you guys to feel as if we're on the phone. As if we're just two friends, chilling, relaxing, getting to know one another. And when I have a guest on, just imagine it's another friend with us. It's not going to be crazy formal, though I will have certain distinguished guests, such as doctors, councilmen, councilwomen, But before they get on, I'm going to let them know it's okay to let your guard down. Please be sure to follow, subscribe, listen, download on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Dizzer, and more. Truth the Breeze with Alexandria Marie is on 18 major music and podcast platforms. For a list, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Alexandre hyphen Marie, or you can go on my Instagram, Alexandre Marie underscore talks, click highlights and actually see all 18 music and podcast platforms. Again, thanks a million for tuning in. I hope you like the show. everyone thanks for tuning in to shoot the breeze with alexandra marie i am your host alexandra marie and we are joined today by cr908 what's happening brother hey what's going on everybody so you guys listen to what happened (laughs) (laughs) we had such an amazing five minutes before this and you know cr said you want to use my uh Internet and I was like, no, it's all right. I'm already connected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lies, mm-hmm. it cut off. And those amazing four and some change minutes that I thought was being recorded was not. It's fine because we can recreate the moment. Of we even better moments. Exactly, exactly. So I was saying mm-hmm. while it was being recorded. That I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. But on the real, I'm excited for two reasons. Um, Because you are a fellow Haitian. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, Melissa was on about two, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And um, you know her. I know her. That's right. I don't know anyone, <laughs> but um, I was saying to her how we Haitians, and see if um, you agree, we don't really say sacrifice. Now, I know I say, um, what do I say? I don't say sacrifice. I say sacrifice. That's what I say, yeah, sacrifice. I don't yeah. say sacrifice. I feel like that's the 
very uh, generic. Yeah. Is it because hate? Uh, Americans made it very generic. Yeah. Because everybody that's not Haitian says Sacafe. And I'm always like Sacafe, you yeah. know, stuff like that. So I'm excited because he is Haitian. And he's the first male guest. I am so honored. Yes, yes, ladies, ladies. You know, we were talking about our brothers and we were saying some stuff. Mm. So. Have a male's opinion. opinion. Very opinionated. So, um, he's also from Elizabeth, and we've never met. I know, never crossed paths. No. Nothing. And you guys, I got his address, and when I put in the GPS, guess where he lives? Two minute drive away from my house. Like literally, <laughs> at, like never seen you at the store. <laughs> no, never. Nothing. That's crazy, guys. That is crazy. And I thought everyone was six degrees, you know, separation of actually knowing each other. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't personally know May. I only know her from Instagram. Mm. So, where's our six degrees? That's right. I'm just <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out, like, like who do you know? That you might know. Exactly. Oh. I feel like now that we've met in real life, mm-hmm. we're going to end up seeing each other somewhere else. It happens like that for me sometimes. Like when I meet people for the first time, yeah. then I end up seeing them again some like randomly other places. Mm. She's like, no, I don't think that's I'm thinking Yo, like, the where you do? <laughs> like, like where you go and I go like. Because my son's, one of my son's godmothers is a Leo. And you're just, all right, it's cool. <laughs> all right, I don't like male Leos because my son's father's a Leo, you guys. That's that, why. That's the only reason? Is um, there a particular trait? No, actually, growing up, I had a guy best friend. He was, oh, he was a Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, there was another Leo in my life that was a guy. And they're just very judgmental. And we were going over this earlier. He's like, no, I'm not going to judge you. Because I was doing something. And he was looking at me. And I'm like, I know you're judging. He's like, no, I'm not judging you. I just like watching people. Like, <laughs> I like to observe. Like, I just like watching you. You're behaviorist. So you I know, I know. I study psychology. So it's like, come on. I know, I know. Come I'm just on. teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sierra, I know a little bit about you. Why don't you tell um, our listeners today a little bit about you? Um, well, I'm from Elizabeth. Um, my name is Sierra 908, and I rep the 908 because I was born in Elizabeth, raised in Roselle, lived all over Union County, lived in Linden, Union, Galway, for a lot of reasons. But, yeah. <laughs> Any um, of them because you got locked up? No. Oh, okay. No. I have okay. been arrested, but I never, that's, as a juvenile, and it was, like, stupid, like, shoplifting. never did. No felonies, guys. Oh, okay. No felonies. Yeah. <laughs> Had to double check, you yeah, know, because nah. I'm, I'm here in his crib, and mm-hmm. I, you know. <laughs> what, what, because I'm in the hood? <laughs> I live in the hood, too. you the corner. Exactly. <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> you won't flip in the hood. Fuck. <laughs> I'm no. just saying, if you ever got arrested for anything crazy, I'm here alone with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Don't worry, you'll be fine. Mm, so he says. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, uh, I'm a recording artist. Um, I do rap, I do R&B, um, and I own a record label called Jump Off the Frame. Um, I have two other artists I work with, shout out to Maji and Kelly KC, and also K-Rock the Illish, who's one of my business partners and an artist on the label. Um, yeah, and we started a showcase series called Jersey's Got Talent. Um, we had our second one, November 2nd, and it was so bomb. It was I was bad. not invited. And I, I, it's because you're not on Instagram, and I was promoting, you're right, I didn't send a personal invite to your DM. Yes. Right. Even though I told him when we, you know, got connected and said, you you can be a guest, <laughs> just make sure you let me know things that's going on. Yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. I noticed it, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, CR, what happened? Mm-hmm. No, man, come through. No, I work. <laughs> you got to let me know things. <laughs> If you were on Instagram more, you would have known, though. You would have known. <laughs> you should see y'all my face. See, I was just about to say, y'all could see her face, yo. Yo, you're too much. <laughs> so, tell us um, your creative process. Um, Alright, so, like, when it comes to music, I definitely like to, like, be relaxed. I need to be chilling. I particularly like to write by myself. Like... Mm. Even if I'm doing, like, if I'm doing a featured record, I like to be in the actual studio with the engineer and, like, write the record right then and there. Mm -hmm. But if I'm by myself at home, like, I have an AKG microphone and everything, and um, I I record on my laptop, and I'll send it to my engineer to get it mixed and mastered. Um, You know, I could be sober, but most of the time I'm high. And, (laughs) like, I smoke some weed, and then I just, like, I don't know, my creative juices start tingling, and then um, I always look for my beats first, Mm -hmm. or... Um, I, I usually go on YouTube or I'll hit up one of the files I have from one of my producers. But YouTube feeds be really tired these days. Um, so I'll find a dope beat and I'll vibe out to it and just listen to it and I'll put it on repeat over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like coming up with hooks first because I feel like a song is 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 like the the core of the song is the hook. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you need a really good verse. Mm-hmm. And I'm also into, like, lyricism. Um, conscious rap is good. I do love conscious rap, but I do like mainstream music as well. For the artistry, like, the best of the cream of the crop when it comes to, like, radio music. Because there are some songs that are just, like, you know, amazing. That give, not, give us an example. Like, uh, Big Pimpin'. Like, right. Right. like right. come on. That's, like, that's a timeless record. You're always going to hear it on the radio. Girls, 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 mm-hmm. girls. Like, there's certain songs that's just always going to be fire. Um, and, like, I like to make those type of records. Like, I grew up focused on conscious rap, like Nas, Tupac. Is that like, where the CR comes from? Exactly. Because right. I was, like, into conscious rap growing up. Um, and I started rebranding myself and just going by CR908 because I felt by just going by conscious rap, I was putting myself in a box. And I felt like people were kind of expecting just conscious rap. And I don't <coughs> just make conscious rap because that's just not who I am. Like, I'm a multidimensional person. Like, I have a lot of different sides to me. Mm-hmm, I, that's I Leo in you? Yeah, I'm definitely ratchet. That was not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I am what I am. What can mm-hmm. I say? But, uh, yeah. I come up with the hook first. Make sure it's like, something catchy, simple. And writing verses is real just easy to me because most of the time I'll freestyle and then I'll just write it. And then freestyle the next part, and I I go like that. And then um I'll record it um at home or if I'm at the studio, 
uh, my engineer. He'll he'll be the one, you know, on the mixer, and he'll coach me if he thinks I need to say something better, if I need to put more charisma behind it. So, yeah. Okay. I, that to me, creating the music is the best part. My I, favorite part. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, some people they do it just to do it, and they do it, and, and they're you know, some people make music just to make music. There's mm. a lot of people who are doing it just because it's trendy, because they think they can get money, they think they can get girls. Like, not everybody who does music, I think, truly like loves music. They like the lifestyle. Well, back, back, back in the day, I I, I did some producing. It was really? kind of fun. But a little bit. No. <laughs> this is your interview. I'm just saying. I, I understand how people could just get into it, to, you know, to get into it. And I liked it. It was, it was cool. At one point, I wanted to open, like, a, a studio and just give people, like, the opportunity to just, you know, vibe and work and grow and all that. Mm-hmm. I don't like people that much, so. <laughs> <clears throat> nah. I understand. You're, more, you're, like, more introverted? I am. I am. I am. And I think. What it is is, I don't have patience for adults because they know better, or they should know better. Mm. I have only patience for people because you're you're learning, you're growing, mm. you don't know better. If you know to say excuse me and you just don't say excuse me, like come on, yeah, you can't trust. Them. Exactly, I don't like that. I, I get it. I definitely get it because being a behaviorist, you're like critiquing everybody's behavior I subconsciously know. and consciously. Right, it's hard mm-hmm. not to. It's hard not to. Just like. For me, studying psychology, like, it's hard not to, like, analyze people. Like, it's not me necessarily judging, but I'm analyzing and just collecting data all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Like, I just can't help it. You need to turn it off, man. You need I to can't. turn it off. It's so how you going to get in a relationship? It's hard. I'm single. Like, it's hard. Ladies! It's hard. Be single. Be single. Be single. Okay? I need to holler at him. <laughs> the DMs are open. <laughs> Listen, he is a chocolate brother. He got the beard going. You know what I'm saying? See, you got it. Open this up. Coconut oil. Open that coconut oil. And before I see you, Captain there, the ladies out there. Remember what we were talking about? Um, about why black men find it difficult to approach black women. We'll definitely be discussing that later. Okay. But listen, he got the bread for y'all. You know, mm. he's, he's getting it. So <laughs> I need to holler. <laughs> <laughs> so who would you like to collaborate with? Um, The first person who comes to mind, honestly, I would love to work with Drake. Like, I, Drake? Drake. Mm. I admire Drake's um, catalog, his whole catalog. Um, I know he's had help for certain records, like pop records, as far as writing. But mm-hmm. I can, I don't know. I feel like I can tell when it's just all him, and right. I feel like he's an awesome writer. I feel like he's an amazing, he has an amazing pen, and I would love to just like do a song with him because I feel like from his music, I feel like we have similar characteristics mm. in our personality. Like what? Speak on. I feel like he grew up, um. Like not being the most popular person, but mm-hmm. having a dope personality. Oh, you know what I'm okay, saying? right, right. And it was like that for me. It was just like when I was really, really young, I wasn't very popular, but I had a great personality. So people who got to know me mm-hmm. really enjoyed me. Mm-hmm. And then I broke out of my shell later, and then kind of like I don't want to hype myself up, but kind of like became a man. 
And like I feel like Drake's the man. Like you feel me? Like right, right. he broke out of his shell and he became he lived his truth and became himself. Mm-hmm. And I admire that about him. And he's always been about being truthful. Like he doesn't like he doesn't even I, with the fake beard. You think he's always about being truthful? Uh, I mean, that ain't, that, that I can't judge people who <laughs> try to make themselves look more aesthetically pleasing. Right, if that's what they want to do, like that's because beauty subjective, right? Mm-hmm. If he thinks he looks better with it. Who am I to judge? You know what I'm saying? Leo, as long as he's happy. Look, look, I'm involved with Leo people. Okay, I am involved with Leo. All right. So, psych major, correct? Yes. So, what's your Meyer Briggs uh, personality chart? Um, so I have, I am extroverted. Um, I am, I think I'm high in eroticism. Um, uh, I'm definitely conscientious. Um, I'm agreeable. I'm not antagonistic. I'm trying to figure out where would you fall. See, I'm an INFJ. So the way I go about, um, analyzing, judging, and, you know, getting to the nitty gritty of things is, um, I'm introverted, definitely. Mm-hmm. Intuition, feeling, and then judgment. So you need to check that up. You need to mm-hmm. look it up and see what's your mind. I did it, but I don't remember. Everyone does it yeah. when they're in like um in college. college, and then certain um jobs require you to do it as mm-hmm. well, just so they can get an idea of like do everything the same way. Yes. So, Drake. So would that be the artist you would open for if you had the opportunity? I would definitely like to open for Drake or. Things. 
want to say what it's a waste of because the little people that might be listening might be like, man. No, I actually have a lot of people that I should, from all these other countries. But you know what I'm mad? Haiti still hasn't hit me up in this podcast. What's up, Haiti? I don't know. There's not enough ICS for it to hit the little. Yeah, no, the little um chart. But what it is is the where I host this podcast only has twelve out of the nineteen platforms. So they're probably listening out of the other platforms, but they do have the top twelve. So if you ain't listening on that, where are you listening to? Where are you listening? I don't know. Maybe play no, because Player FM is on there. I am I am like one of the top Asian American podcasts. Mm. Maybe they're listening to Maybe that might be it. Anyways, Haiti, get on iTunes or Spotify or something. And listen. You know how Haitians are. You gotta be like up there. They don't like supporting little people. It's a black thing. It's a black thing. I'm supposed to say it's not Haitian people. It's a black thing. Yeah. They don't like supporting little fucking little people. That's why they don't get anywhere. Right? Then it's like they love saying, yeah, man. I used, to, I used to know him, man. Mm-hmm. You should be at the store with him. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. You can't catch right. me at no damn store. No. So, uh, you got a lot of talent. So, tell us a useless one. Um, Useless. I would say useless because I don't use it for anything. But it's useful. Like, I can draw. Really? Very well. Nice. Yeah. Like, I, what kind of? There's different types. I, I like I like doing realism. Mm. So I do like portraits. I used to draw like my favorite rappers. And um I actually have a portrait of Nas. I don't know where it is, I'll show you later. Mm. I made a portrait of Nas. Um yeah. I I, I I draw, I can draw very well, but I don't use it for anything. So it's useless. It's useless. <laughs> there you go. It's useless, but it's a talent. It is, it is. Yeah. So I didn't know you do R and B because when you were um, speaking on your intro, you said rap and R and B. So do you sing in the shower? And if you do, what song? Let us, uh, let us know. When I'm in the shower, like all right, if I'm singing in the shower, I'm singing on a lot of old school like '90s songs or like early 2000s. Mm. So I I love this is how we do it, Montel Jordan. Like I know the whole like song. Yes, so start singing it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. La 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 la. This is how we do it. <laughs> Ladies, can y'all put up with this voice? Because you know he's Friday single. Night, mm-hmm. And I feel alright. Parties mm-hmm. here on the west side. Right? Yeah, that's why. Okay, that's fine. I was doing karaoke, my, karaoke last night with my friends. Yeah? Yeah, it was fun. I was singing um, Ain't No Mountain High Enough with Marvin Gaye. <laughs> that song's fun. It is. It is. It, it, it is a. Um, classic. Not just a classic, it is a karaoke song. Yes. It's, always it's just, on. like, so fun to sing that song. Mm-hmm. Well, what is your favorite song to perform, then? Out of my catalog or in general? Your catalog. My catalog. Um, I would say, um, hmm, right now, I would say Cinderella. And that's one of my most recent songs. And it's because it's different than most of the songs I've put out before. Um, like this is definitely like a party record. It's a club song, mm. but it's so fun to perform because you just get hyped, and the <coughs> bass and the, and the instrumental when it when you're performing it, it's just like it's 
hits you in the chest. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun. So I would say right now, Cinderella is one of my favorite songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, famous musician you admire would be? Jay-Z. Why? Jay-Z. Um, he was the first rapper that made me really listen to rap. And I found his mixtape. It was bootleg. Because, um, you know, Jay-Z, he doesn't like bootleggers. Wow. Oh. <laughs> but um, I found it way back. I was, I want to say, like, eight, nine years old. Mm-hmm. And it was in Home Depot, of all places. But, like, I used to wander around when I go to the store with my mom or my dad. Kidnapped. Can't be doing that now. (laughs) Amber alert. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was walking around. I found this little CD. And then it was Jay-Z and The Rock versus 50 Cent and G-Unit. So, it had songs. And this is before the albums came out. They had songs from the Black Album. Mm -hmm. They had songs from The Massacre. Mm -hmm. And... Some other like I guess freestyles and they were all on this um on this disc and I I listened to it and I just like fell in love with Jay Z's music like Moment of Parody was like the first song on that CD mm-hmm. and that was on the Black Album that song that record is just fire and it was just like impactful it was his voice was powerful the lyricism it was just like something about it drew me in and then after that I started memorizing the songs. I started memorizing uh, mm-hmm. 50 Cent songs. And then um, I would just rap them out loud and try to master their flaws, like intimidate them. Not intimidate them. Um, imitate. Imitate them. And um, that's how I would like teach myself you know, cadences and rhyme patterns. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until way later when I started like actually studying English that I learned about different literary devices like metaphors, analogies, similes, mm-hmm. hyperbole. And then I started incorporating all that, and I really fell in love with Lil Wayne's music. Yes. Because of his uh, literary devices. Exactly, all the hyperboles and everything like that. And people don't give him credit. They don't, they don't give him enough they credit. Don't. I'm like, you guys really need to listen yeah. to this guy. I mean, granted, he doesn't think black issues are his issues, which is kind of fucking yeah, weird. Well, he was so badass. But he got bars, and, you know, he got a brain up there. Yeah, definitely does. Lil Wayne's another one of my favorite artists. I have a great I have a top five. Oh, that's one of the, you know, oh. questions. So you might as well oh. <laughs> get to um, it. Um, Kanye West, Lil Wayne, <clears throat> Drake, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. That's my top five. See, we have Tupac in there, so we can't be friends, yo. I, but I feel like, you know why? Tupac and Biggie's on everybody's list. I don't say them no more. They're basically just... Biggie like, ain't on mine. <laughs> it's one of the others, my friend. It's yes, always one of the others. So mm-hmm. it's just like that doesn't really count. Everybody loves Biggie or Tupac. Yeah, but you gotta let the people know where you're swaying. That's the thing. You know, Biggie heads think some type of way, Tupac heads think that's some true. type of way. So that's why we wanna know. A more interesting question would be which one do I like out of the two more? That would be the one that should be in your top five or would have been in your top five. And that one would be? Definitely too bad. Yay! Definitely too bad. His music was more impactful for me personally. Um, But Biggie had more swag and he had more, like, flair. That's Mm. definitely, you know, he had that. He was from Brooklyn. Like, he had that whole Brooklyn swag. Mm -hmm. People loved it. But he also had a lot of records. 
hundred round records that was just like mad dark. And I did really <laughs> a lot of shit. You know what I'm saying? It was like Biggie, what the fuck? Like, yo, uh, what? But nah, Tupac, like I can say like I can relate more to Tupac. Way more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay, it's okay. You said Tupac. I love Tupac. I love West Coast rap. We were discussing this. The original, you know, recording that for some reason the universe said that wasn't good enough. So <laughs> had to go. It is. So I ask everyone this. What is something people seem to misunderstand about you? Um people seem to misunderstand uh my aggressiveness sometimes. Because hmm. like when I'm aggressive, it's because, like, I'm passionate and I care about something. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, I'm angry. You know what I'm saying? For example, like, we can have a debate. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about something, like, I'm going to talk, I'm going to be a little intense. Right. If I'm interested. You know what I'm saying? Especially Same here. Yeah. And it's like, that doesn't mean I'm mad. But you get away with it because you're a guy. Yeah. Females don't get away with See, it. See? That's the problem. That's true. It's that a, is a the double, issue. It's a double standard. You get away with it because you're a guy. And when I'm like that, yo, know, why are you being a bitch? Bitch, right? That's Yeah. Like the, like the chips. 
See, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't agree with you because then that reinforces the whole stigma about men not being able to trust. That's how where I was going. And it's just like I wanted to see what she was gonna say. And okay, so that you were looking for the my reaction. Yes. Okay, like I totally disagree with that. I think you should. Yes. Rather, if you're a male, female, mm-hmm. child, or adult, you hurt and you hurt. Thank you. I Hurt wanted. I no wanted age. to see. I wanted to see what you was gonna say. I, I'm in. T- I told you. I'm evil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. I. I'm in touch with my feelings. Good. I definitely have no problem. I go to therapy. Like I have no problem. Like talking about how I feel. And yeah, like I feel like that's another reason why I love Drake because he's honest about his emotions. Like people always call him names for it and they criticize him, <clears throat> but it's like yo, it takes so much balls to be out there and mm-hmm. put your feelings out there yeah. and let people know how you really feel because so many of us lie so many of us wear masks so many of us try to repress the emotions mm-hmm. that we're feeling and then that's what ends up making you unhealthy and that's why we have so many people lashing out you know people who like just for example people who were going for the Popeye sandwich and they were fucking shooting each other over a Popeye sandwich it's not and people saying there's things in the sandwich it's not the fucking sandwich these are people who already have fucked up lives like, whoever it was, they already had a fucked up day. But there are things in that sandwich. Like, oh, I, I agree. There probably are definitely things in there. But I feel like... Did you eat it? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, good. good. But my whole point is, like, I feel like, you know... That those people already have maladaptive behaviors. Yes. And, and, the they have, and this just... was just a trigger. Yes. Yeah. Or it was a reason to, you know, take that maladaptive behavior Rather than focusing on what is yeah. the root of the issue. Situation. We got a second part of the Oh question. yeah, that. Um all right, so there's an artist, I'm not gonna name drop, but I used to be signed to his record label when I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. It was a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. He um basically didn't know if he wanted to be the headline artist. The head executive, uh, the fucking producer, <laughs> or you know what I'm saying? Right, or, right, like, right. He wanted to play all the roles, and he wanted everybody on. He was obviously at the time he was older than us, like way older than us, and um, he had some more credibility than we did in the industry because early 2000s he had a little, you know, he had a little, a little, little buzz. Mm-hmm. He had a song that was popping or whatever, but. Ultimately, it was just like his integrity was horrible. Mm. He was a con. He mm. was definitely using us as pawns. Um, he worked his showcases and he would recruit people and have them pay to perform. He would overbook. Some people wouldn't get to perform and they wouldn't get their money back. Mm. These were people that we put our neck out to get and recruit. He would have us organize the events by basically setting up the chairs and you know doing stuff like that. And um, in the Two or three years I was signed to that. Two years I was signed to that label. I only did, I was only in the studio like twice. Wow. Twice, and the only reason I signed to his company is because I needed resources. It was when I decided to take rap seriously, mm-hmm. and I needed resources. I had no idea how to get to a studio. I didn't know how to shoot a music video. I didn't know how to do <coughs> any of that on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's why I signed to him. I was nineteen, but yeah, I'll never work with him again. Um, it just ended badly. And he tried to tell me that I could never do music again. And 
I what? told her the only way you ever gonna stop me from doing music is you put a bullet in my head. Right. And I said it exactly like that. So. You should. Exactly. That's how I feel. Exactly. Who's gonna stop your hustle? No, nobody. That's right. Plus, you hate me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> where was it? <laughs> We're very resilient. It's just in my nature. Exactly. I cannot be controlled. So, mm-hmm. what makes you feel inspired? Um, people make me feel inspired, like genuinely being able to motivate another person or to make that person happy from anything that I do, whether if it's my music, my podcasting. If it's just having a conversation, whatever it is, like I like making other people happy, like like motivating people and enlightening people. Mm. Like that's what I live for. Like whatever it is that I do, if it's music, if it's acting, if it's whatever it is, it has to do those things. It has to motivate you, enlighten you. That's just what motivates me because I live off of energy. Like it feeds me. Like positive energy feeds me, feeds my purpose. So it's, I just like to distribute and generate more positive energy. Like, I'm a battery pack. Ladies. I must keep saying ladies. <laughs> okay? This is this is a fella here. Now he's making money. <laughs> he's self-motivated. He's a teddy bear. It's cold outside. You know what I'm saying? It's cold. Warm up. Yes! Nigga, um, when I had a Jersey Queen, you know, the CEO of, uh, one of the CEOs of Jersey Turned Up Entertainment, we actually discussed. Oh, I know her. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, go. No, no, no. I, I know B. I know B. Yeah. We um, discussed that word. Mm, <laughs> you sound like you're against the word. Yes, okay. I am. And I respect that. Against the word. So, someone in the music industry That's why to me it's just 
really subjective. You know what I'm saying? It's, I don't know. But I also respect, and I wouldn't use it around anybody who feels offended by the word, but me, I'm going to be using it. Because <laughs> I don't care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm not here to change you. Yeah, I'm just here to like, like, but, I, but I would always be respectful to other people who do feel offended by it. Even people who don't like cursing. Like, I curse like a sailor. Like, that's just me. You know what I'm saying? My mm-hmm. aunt's curse. Like, I, I curse around adults in my family. Like, that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. It's normal. So, even my... Of course. Haitians always... Hmm. Let me see. When they want to beat you, they throw the nearest thing that's next to them, throw mm-hmm. it at you, hit you, and they're always cursing them. Mm-hmm. But you try to curse, they're not with it. They're not with it. They want to hear that shit. <laughs> they want to hear that shit. Yeah, they are not with it. But ironically mm-hmm. enough, right, to bring something else up about the N word, I do feel some type of way if I'm in a relationship and my woman uses that word with me. Really? Elaborate. Yes, Let's. Like that. I don't like it. Why? Because I what feel like that? if I'm, because like even through, like I said, when I say nigga, like I mean nigga as a, like for the actual definition of an ignorant person, right? Uh, like, so when I'm using it, I'm using it in that context, mm-hmm. right? Um, so when I hear a female that I'm dealing with use it as a term of endearment, I'm still interpreting it with the meaning that I use it in context. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like I know females that call each other bitches, Mm-mm. and it's exactly you're not with that. But there's females who call each other bitches, <clears throat> and it's so regular for them. But let me talk to them like right. that, and it's that's why it's like you gotta understand that if you're in a relationship, you gotta understand it. Like I don't want you calling me a nigga, or whatever. The same way I'm not gonna say, yo, yeah, what's like, what's good? Like you bitches chilling? Like that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like so. And that's why, like, that's why, I don't know. For me, that's why it's just like, but I get it, though. Like, because I guess, damn, it's so, so, it's so hard to really narrow down where you can and can't use those words. And some people just completely absorb it and live with that word. Yeah, I mean, if I'm listening to a song, a lot of times I don't really even say it, honestly. The N-word. Now, the B-word. Here and there, like I'll, I'll say it here and there, but no, don't call me a bitch. I'm not gonna call you a bitch because if I'm calling you a bitch, it's for one particular reason, exactly. and there's no other reason of why I'm calling you right. that. So exactly. don't call me that. And, exactly. I, and then I don't understand. Like people would be like, eh. and then they now I see bitches like on the radio. Growing up, they used to beep that word. Not beep it's anymore. Not not beep anymore. Now, hey ho. In the middle of the day. Right? Yo, Power 105, you can't play it around kids sometimes. There's some records, and even, like, I love The Breakfast Club. Shout out to The Breakfast Club. But that should be, like, right on the edge of the <laughs> like, You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Charlamagne. Charlamagne, that's my guy, though. I love Charlamagne. But, yeah, it's just, like, sometimes when I'm doing lift, I got to change the station because that might be a little, a little team one. <laughs> they go to school. I'm like, oh, no, nah, I want you to. I want your dad giving me a three point right? <laughs> three stars. <laughs> no, but I don't know what's up with people nowadays using derogatory language towards one another. It's I'm just not with that. You know? I, I I'm only I'm I, like I said I'm only with it if it's appropriate in context because like you said if you're a bitch you're gonna use it you're gonna call a person a bitch if you're a nigga you're a nigga like in those situations. Like, when you're angry, like, that's why I was just like, because I understand anger, and I understand that sometimes those words are what help people have that cathartic release. Mm-hmm. 
but they have to say that to get their anger out. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. those particular situations is like understandable. I'm not justifying it, but I understand it. Right. Right. But when but I do agree on the flip side where people are using it excessively, like songs where it's just like every other line rhymes with nigga. It's just like that's just whack. That's it just whack. It's just whack. Like I feel uncomfortable when I hear like you know like females calling each other bitches. It'd be like cause the like I don't know if you ever observed. Well, I'm pretty sure you've observed it, but like when it's two females and then someone eventually says bitch and then the tone kind of changes and it's just like okay now y'all kind of getting a little too catty and I feel tension mm-hmm. and it's just like I don't know. It's like. Only it's kind of like no, but only she could call me the bitch. Right. But you can't call me the bitch. And it's just like, but it's like, how am I supposed to know that uh, she's the only person that can call you a bitch, and I can't call you a bitch? Y'all calling each other bitches, so I'm thinking maybe that's your name. <laughs> I'm, just saying, exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just. I agree with you 100. percent I agree with you 100. percent And in that respect, like I totally agree with you. I don't know what it is, but we we really need to stop because I find it so funny, and I had said it on my podcast. If you go to like Reddit. White people, we're calling white people racist, prejudiced, and all that. You know, they think we are the most racist. We are the most prejudiced. Because if you look at black people, first of all, black people used to be the highest number of Republicans. For good reason. You know, blacks were very religious and things like that. And, of course, and we are very conservative. And we've moved away from that. But from the political side, but we're still very conservative. It's kind of like, oh, we love everybody, da 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 until as long as you're not gay, as long as you're not a lesbian, as long as you're mm-hmm. not this, not that, we love you. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Yeah. I consider myself liberal, like I love everybody, honestly. I just don't like people who are like say just uh violent for no reason like that to me makes no sense Mm -hmm. there's always a reason oh yeah there's always a reason but when it's like a reason i guess yeah you're right there's always a reason that reason might be important to that person yes so i can't really judge and say it's no reason there's always an antecedent for every single behavior there's always no random only random to their perspective. Yep. The only person, there's a quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, that the only person with no behavior is a dead person. Mm. But every single person is a Everything is a behavior. Right. And you know, that's the other side of it that makes it hard to date. Because I know that, mm-hmm. and I've dated people where they'll do something, and I'll tell them, like, you know, I'd ask them, like, what? And I'm just like, and that pisses me off because it's just like. But they don't know sometimes. They and I know that, but it's still annoying though. You know what I'm saying? It's very annoying. It's very difficult to be patient with people who don't know themselves or don't know why they do the things that they do. It takes time. It does. It takes time, years. And it takes, like, actually for something effed up to happen, you know? Like, for someone to really sit back and be like, damn. Because what people don't understand is everyone that comes into your life is your fault. It's your reason. Mm -hmm. The reason being is you're sending out 
frequencies and vibrations. So everyone you cross paths with, it's because of you. There's something in you that's attracting that particular person. So if you're constantly attracting certain types of people, then your frequency is not vibrating at a level that you think you are. You may think, hey, I'm like this. No, no, no. There's something in you that's mirroring that person. So until you grow, the people around you are not going to move and change. So a lot of people don't know. A lot of people, you have to grow. You don't want to be subject to these kind of people, then you have to grow. Get out of your box and be someone else. I think a lot of times people don't know how to grow because they think that, you know, growth is only for them. Mm. And that's the biggest problem. Right. There has to be a lot of internal work, you know, just really introspective work. People are also scared to be alone oh, and yeah. lose friends. Oh. But look at those friends. Are they really your friends? They're not. They're not your friends. Like, you have to learn to be alone and be okay and say, yo, if I could just got one or two associates where, you know, I could, like, DM bullshit text, like, hey, mm-hmm. you alive or whatever. Trust me, you're better off mm-hmm. than having so-called people that say they're your friends and behind your back sending psychic attacks of negative energy to you. That's true. Because that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That is a real thing. And jealousy comes from people closest to you. Exactly. Like, they're, like, I mean, that's really why I spend a lot of time alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to be social because of what I do, and I'm in the entertainment industry, industry. But whenever I have the chance to be alone, I'm like chilling. You know what I'm saying? Unless it's people I genuinely right. trust with my energy. Like, I'm protecting my energy. Like, this year has been such a year of revelation for me. And it's just like, I am protecting my energy and my peace by all means necessary. And that you shall. Because it's like, I've come from a place of depression. And exactly what you said there was something about me something inside of me mm-hmm. the low frequency that i was vibrating at that was calling out for these people to be in my life that were causing or i could say contributing to my depression exactly. it was me allowing myself to be around that toxic environment mm-hmm. and i had to separate them sometimes it's family because you know mm-hmm. it's just it is it what is. it is you it know is. what i'm saying like negative energy rather if it's blood or not blood it comes you know what i'm saying so it's just like I have to really, really learn, like, no matter what this, I have to separate myself from certain people. You know, sometimes it's hard because you love that person, you care about them, but you know, you know. <coughs> you just can't. <coughs> you just can't. That's where I am right now. I'm, like, I'm good. Like, I'm not trying to be a hero and save other people. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm not God. You got to pray for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not right. God. I can only do what I can for myself. Mm-hmm. And whatever I have in abundance, I'll share but I can't sacrifice myself for others. Like, you know, I just can't. And I used to be that person. I think so many people expect that, especially when they come into a relationship. Oh, like, yeah. no, 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 no. I need to be good, yeah. right? I mean, and I always tell people, like, when you get on a plane, what's one of the first things they say if there's going to be an emergency? You got to put that mask on you first Exactly. How are you going to help somebody else? I'm mm-hmm. going to help you move and do this and grow and develop if I didn't do it for myself. So it's okay to be selfish. Yeah. And I always have people say to me, well, but God says, I'm like, okay, I love that you respect God and you love God and everything. That's on you. I'm Buddhist, right? Mm-hmm. But there's always a core. And 
I don't believe there's any God out there that's going to be upset that you are selfish with your energy and protecting mm-hmm. yourself to make sure that you are better mm-hmm. because I am sure whatever creator that created us understood you can't help anyone. Mm-hmm. You're not helping yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing with black people. It's like, it's like no, 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 no. You got to give everything up. Well, a lot of people that's saying you got to give everything up hasn't even given up one thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> it is, it is, because it's so true, and it's very prevalent. Boy, we could be here for hours, and we're going to do, you know, we're going to dissect that. Yeah, one of the biggest reasons why, like, because I grew up going to a Christian church, and mm. my uncle's a pastor, you know how that was, mm. like, I was in church on during the week. Wednesday. I was always in church, like, Mm -hmm. and I mean, there was just like in every church, right? If it's Haitian or American, there's hypocrisy, in my opinion. But as far as Christian churches, it kind of made me stray away from religion Mm -hmm. as a whole. And for a long time, I I still consider myself agnostic, but um, I definitely am in tune with that higher power because I just believe whatever. Christian, 
people who are deep into their faith, and I always respect it, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, yeah, like, as far as being in a relationship with somebody, it would be very difficult to be with somebody who's deep into their religion, because mm-hmm. they're going to expect me to eventually conform in some type of way, mm-hmm. rather if it's subconsciously or consciously, like, they're going to want me to come to church, mm-hmm. they're going to want me to pray with them, mm-hmm. and I do pray, but just different types of prayer, and, like, it's just, no, I can't fake the funk. If it's not me, it's not me. Right. <coughs> so, tell us um, your biggest failure and what you learned from it. Um, biggest failure. That's a good question. Um, This is a hard question, my biggest failure. <laughs> um, sure it's not that Leo ego that got you, like, stumped? I don't want to say that. Because I, I, I don't want to say that. But I know I've accomplished a lot, but that doesn't mean I haven't failed. We have to fail a lot to be successful. Exactly. So that's definitely... I would say my biggest failure is reaching my um, my, my optimal physical state. And that is a process that I'm still on my, my fitness journey. Mm. That has been an ongoing failure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, controlling how I eat and... So you don't want to be a teddy bear? Oh, I mean, I I guess you could call me a teddy bear if you <laughs> talk about, you know, having a body like Idris Alba. Like, that's what... Yeah, I'm trying to look like that even. Like, by the time I turn 30... Idris Alba is sculpt. He's not a teddy bear. So that's not a teddy bear. I don't really want to be a teddy bear. Like, okay. I don't want to be cute. I want to be sexy. Mm. Yeah, I know I'm cute. I don't want to be cute. I want to be sexy. All right. So I know that there's a lot of adjustments I have to make in order to get there. And that's something that's a, one of my biggest failures. Um, And I'm still failing, but eventually I will succeed. That's and right. I'm in the gym. I'm getting better. I mean... You know, it's an ongoing thing, but I'm educating myself about things, and I've made a lot of progress, like, a lot. Not like I, it's just I haven't reached that particular goal. Right. Made progress. Okay. So what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career like yours? Um, I would tell them they need to have perseverance, mm-hmm. passion, and resilience. Because you are going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. you're going to get taken advantage of, mm-hmm. you're going to get fooled, <laughs> like you're going to waste time, mm-hmm. you're going to fuck up. Like, yeah. all the things that's going to go bad that you think of most likely will happen. But if you're the type of person that can go through all of that and still have that same enthusiasm as you did when you first started, mm-hmm. you will be successful with anything you choose to do that's right if you can literally get knocked down a hundred times and still get up 101 times and still be smiling you're gonna be a fucking beast in anything you want to do i don't care if it's music i don't care if it's acting i don't care if it's being a doctor a therapist a lawyer if you have that mentality that you won't stop mm-hmm. you're just you're gonna be fine and just live on that faith that as long as you don't stop, you're going to get there. Okay. So, with that respect, what are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Other people. 
um, meeting, networking. You have to meet people who are like-minded, mm-hmm. who are doing the things that you want to do. Link with people who are better than you. Link with people who are smarter than you. Link with people who have more money than you. <laughs> that, that's right. The more right. money, the smart. Yes. yes. You gotta. You, you gotta. have to. If you're trying to grow, you gotta be uncomfortable. You have to be around people that make you step out of your comfort zone, that make you try things that you haven't done before in order to be better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, like, that's just, I think that's what's helped me so much. Um, just meeting people who knew more than I did and me being willing to listen and, you know, allowing myself to be coachable. A lot of people aren't coachable. A lot of mm-hmm. people have the ego. They have a lot of pride. And they go into things feeling like they've already learned it all. Right. And it's just, you know, the most foolish way to go into anything. I feel like the quietest person in the room usually has the most answers. That's right. Yeah. They've, they've observed everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, what have you read or listened to recently mm-hmm. that has inspired you? I read this book. It's called Millionaire Habits, Success Habits. Um, and I love that book. I just finished it like two weeks ago. And I love that book so much because it's it has nothing to do about really about money, right? It's really about your mindset. Mm. And having that millionaire mindset means you have a mindset of abundance, right? Right. Um, there's a lot of strategies being shared in that book that can help you on a day-to-day basis. A lot of journaling, a lot of writing. Um, that just helps you do a lot of introspective work so you can better understand yourself, understand your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because after reading that book, I was able to decipher between opportunities that were for me and that weren't for me, right? And that's really important because you need to be precise about your your, your route when you're going towards success. Um, you can easily get deterred by things that have nothing to do about what you really want. Right. And we always get that. You know, there's something that there's something that he mentioned in the book called the inner villain, mm-hmm. and all of us have that. So when you're on any particular journey, um, you get to a point where things are starting to get scary or uncomfortable, and then you hear that voice in your head that says, "You know what? You know, I think I'm gonna go for this. Like, I don't think I really want to do this, mm-hmm. or I don't really think I want to go to this event. I don't know the people there. I might feel uncomfortable. This bed is too comfortable. I just want to sleep. You know, just all of those reasons." That's your inner villain trying to deter you from reaching that next level. You know? Right. I don't want to um, cut you off, no. but the inner villain, what people don't understand is when you listen to that inner villain and you meet someone and court someone or date someone or whatever while you're in that state, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That is the most horrible feeling. Especially when you realize, like, and, and then what people like to do, they like to try to blame that other person, but it wasn't their fault. Mm. You know what I mean? You were at that state already, and that energy is what attracted that per- that person mm-hmm. to you. And that's the reason why it probably took you four years to finish school or this mm. and that, because your inner villain was attracting that outer villain. Yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? I agree. Yeah. Because, you know, the mind is going to manifest what it's it focused most. Mm-hmm. So if you're focused on that inner villain, then that's just going to be amplified. It's going to be, you know, highlighted, and your brain is automatically going to be focused on things that are similar to that. Exactly. That's just, that's just how our minds work. So it's just like, you know, you got to train yourself 
to quiet down that inner villain mm-hmm. and um, listen to the inner hero, right? Basically, the other side, the side that says, you know what, this is about to be super fucking easy. I got this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm about to be a beast. Like, I'm really good at this. Or, mm-hmm. you know what, this is different. This is uncomfortable. But I feel like I'm going to gain so much out of this. Like, you just have to have to let that voice be the louder What's your voice. inner villain? What's my inner villain? Mm-hmm. Um, huh. I don't know how to answer that. Like, what does my inner villain sound like? <clears throat> say that or is, is there something that let's say like for a lot of women it's actually being in a relationship because once they get into a relationship they're so focused on making the other person happy mm. that they themselves lose focus on what makes them happy mm. you know what I mean and that is a root of uh, how they were raised and things like that and when you dissect it you realize well they're in a villain is maybe like the relationship they had with their dad or okay. their relationship they had with their mom or you know, things like that. I know exactly what you're, what you're saying. And um, I did identify that actually in like my like, most recent, one of my most recent versions. Um, my inner villain comes from my dismembered relationship with my parents. I have abandonment issues. Mm. Um, being a, Growing up as an only child and having two chronically depressed parents, it was very difficult because they didn't do a lot of parenting. It was a lot of, you know, dropping me off at grandma's house or I'm staying at my cousin's house or my mm-hmm. auntie's house. Um, you know, I really didn't grow up in a very stable household, um, mm-hmm. home environment. There was a period of time where it was particularly kind of stable and it was really good around that time, fucking awesome. But it didn't stay like that. And um that affected me in my relationships as an adult because um I would expect my partner to overcompensate for the attention and love that was lacking mm-hmm. from my relationship with my parents. And so I would end up, you know, we're gonna speak high, on that. Yeah, having high expectations mm-hmm. that were unrealistic for our relationship. Um and the abandonment issues. So like, you know, that person didn't text back right away or they didn't call back right away. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be like the end of the world. It'd be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. calling them, I'm texting them, like, what's up? Like, and I knew I had a problem when, you know, in my previous relationship when they, uh, she wouldn't, like, reply. I would really get enraged. And I didn't understand. Like, yeah. it was an actual, like, yo, I'm fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. And it could be, she was in the shower. She was watching TV with her mom. Oh. She was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'll know that logically, but Something, emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't understand why it was like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what really, you know, that relationship is what made me go into therapy because it was just like, I have issues. Like, I know I have issues. Mm-hmm. But I've come a long way and I've identified a lot of where those issues come from. This is good. That's good work. Yes. Good work. I, I wish a lot more of our brothers would um go into therapy you know, and do some of that inner work. But Society tells us, pray. Man. Pray. I want to find a way to try and, like, kind of, like, help personify that and be that person to represent, you know, right. like males going to therapy and being in touch with their emotions. Because, you know, not for nothing, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, when I talk about my experiences, they'll bring that up and they say how they always wish there was more people like me or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like there are, but we just don't have a unified front. 
I mean, Charlemagne speaks big about his, him yeah. going to therapy too, and he wishes more, more guys. Common, you know, recently <coughs> had a therapy session where he spoke about being molested when he was younger. So there are, but everybody want to be hood, you know, everybody want to be tough, everybody want to do this and that, and it's just like, yeah. really, you have to understand that a human is made up of masculine energy and feminine energy. Mm-hmm. No matter how masculine you think you are, you're going to have some type of feminine energy in you. No mm-hmm. matter how feminine you think you are, you're going to have some type of masculine energy. You know, it does, it, it exactly, it doesn't make you less of a man, and if you think that you're less of a man, sometimes those people make me wonder. Oh, I totally agree, especially especially the ones who are homophobic. Like, like yo, really homophobic, really, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like, I can think of so many different, like, examples of, like, reaction formation where it's just, like, these people are so defensive in a particular situation. It's just like, hmm. <laughs> Right? I'm just like, I don't know, brother. Like, yeah. nobody even thought about that. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like, when you're saying no homo or you're saying pause behind every other sentence, mm-hmm. it's just like... I don't know, like, me personally, like I said, I'm liberal, like, I think, you know, you should love who you want to love. I accept everybody, I don't care if you're, you know, transgender, if you're lesbian, mm-hmm. if you're gay. All I truly care about is that you love yourself. Like, that's what I truly want for people, is to love themselves, <coughs> because a lot of people in that community, they get persecuted for just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine what that feel like, like, just imagine if we lived in a world where it was wrong for a man to love a woman. I'd be, yo, I'd be screwed. We're living in a world where it's wrong for you to be black, so. That's true. Oh, and I love being black, so. I love being black. Right? Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> That's I do about that, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Just like there's nothing gay people could do about being gay. Or That's just who do. they are. Exactly. So it's just like, imagining somebody like that, or anybody like that, being persecuted for being themselves, it really bothers me. And I kind of put myself in the shoes and just imagine, like, how would I feel, like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, and it's just, I don't know. That's why I just try to, you know, I try to extend that all the time. Just people in that community. I have no problem. I want people to live how they want to live. You live my best life, right? Yeah, you, like, I have <laughs> my no, like, best Some life. of my best friends are gay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the people I've grown up with, like, it's just like, and they were the nicest people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some of them were, like, the nicest people, like. It's just like, if you're a good person, I don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. I mean, what I do behind closed doors shouldn't affect you. Exactly. It's like, the back father, you shouldn't be. Why are you even thinking about it, though? Do you want some of this? Right. <laughs> like, like right. why? why? You know what I'm saying? Why are you even thinking about it? <sighs> Man, if you could change anything about the industry, what would it be? I wish there was a way to, like, just get rid of all the scammers. There's so many scammers yeah. at every level, um, mm-hmm. but especially at the entry level when you're an independent artist. Mm-hmm. There's so many people out here just trying to take your money for online promotion, fake plays, um, people paying for showcases, performing last at the showcase, performing at an empty <coughs> room. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It's just like so many, you know, people who are taking advantage of artists that mm-hmm. want to be successful and they're doing it just for the greed of money. Um, if that was the one thing I could change, it'd be like, get rid of all the scammers. Like, just let it be. I wish it, like, it's a fantasy. I wish it was just a clean industry. Like, if you really want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you really want to do music, you could just, like, you could, you 
you know, if you put in the work, it'll happen. But mm-hmm. it's just like, nah, nigga, like you don't know the right people. Mm-hmm. If you get con, it's over for you. It is. And that's a reality about life in general. Like bad things happen to good people every day. Don't think it won't happen to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the reality I live in. I I don't ever think it won't happen to me just because I'm a good person. Like, nah, like people don't care about that. No, they don't. They don't. They do not care if you're a good person. Nope. I think that's that feeds them even more. Yeah. Like, oh, even better. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, damn. <man. laughs> so, describe your sound. You were speaking about um how Cinderella is one of the songs that you know you like performing now, and it's one of your newer um like new type of music so describe it um uh, i would definitely say it's a, a trappy sound um i would say it's very hype my delivery is very hype. like right now speaking i sound pretty monotone relaxed when i'm on when i'm rapping my voice sounds different i have a quote-unquote rapper's voice that my friends always say like you sound different when you rap mm-hmm. and it's because like i like being animated you know what i'm saying like you know i'm very funny in my music, like, mm. I just like being silly, because I am a silly person, um, so you would definitely hear that, you hear my personality in my music, and I've been learning how to master the art of putting my personality in my music, and putting different parts of my personality into music, um, and I think, you know, with the new things that I'm going to be releasing in 2020, I think I've done even better at figuring out how to just put my sound my personality into sound form. Mm. Like that's all I want to do is just like mm-hmm. take my personality and put it into music. You know, that's all I really try to do because I'm a complicated person, so that process is complicated. <clears throat> you know what I mean? But I'm getting really good at that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're just talking about um, you know, your household and how you grew up and all that. What would you tell your ten year old self? I would tell my ten year old self to not. <laughs> definitely tell him that like yo trust me you know what I'm saying just keep playing just you know play some basketball play some football <laughs> so do you think food was an escape for you I think it was I definitely think uh, I used to I didn't realize that was it is it stress eating or just eating out of emotion I don't know what the my my um therapist <clears throat> told me that sometimes you might eat when you're happy. You might eat because you 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 feel like you need to reward yourself. Mm-hmm. That's technically unhealthy too. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't look at it like that because I used to think about especially or people eat off emotion. They're like super depressed with like a big thing of ice cream. Like that was never me. You know what I'm saying? Never. But hell yeah, if I'm in a good fucking mood, <laughs> I'm about to you know get some. Chinese or some pizza or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and then I realized that yeah, food was definitely an escape for me growing up, um, and I learned how to cook really young, mm-hmm. so it was definitely like you know, I don't even need nobody home. Like I'm about to go down. <laughs> you know I'm saying like I'm making pancakes in the morning. cafe manger Okay, okay, Yes. Wow. Okay. He he cooked some Haitian food for y'all. Yeah, ladies out there. Mm. So do you own, do you date other ethnicities? I've definitely dated um outside of my race. Like like I'm open to that. But now
now that I'm getting older and like even talking to my aunt because she's like my older sister really. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really want to start looking into dating other Haitian women because I, I I just like because they told me. I mean, it just I don't know. I think it might make more sense because like culture really does matter. I think when you're dating somebody, there's like, a big, there's a very big, you know, difference in like culture, even from like Black Islanders to African Americans. And, and it does contribute to the relationship because it's just like understanding <clears throat> each other, you know, understanding each other's background mm-hmm. and having understanding each other's and having respect for our our customs. You know what I'm right. saying? Like if you're from that nationality or that culture, you're gonna have a certain, you know. <coughs> right. And when you're dating somebody that's not of that culture, they might not see the significance in certain things. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, uh, and I love my black women, I love all everybody, but like for some African American people, mm-hmm. when you are of a Caribbean ethnicity, they kind of want to devalue your culture because they might not have an identity. Right. Right? Because a lot of African Americans really don't know where they came from. Right. It's very hard for them to follow a lineage um, to their ancestors, as opposed to if you're of any you know foreign country, you have a stronger connection to your ancestors because of your family and your culture. Honestly, if if an African American were like, and I tell any African American that I that I date, um, if you want to know a lot about your culture, like we were the first slave stops, right? Africa, Haiti, like Hispaniola. Mm-hmm. So we are closely, like, we're the, the exactly, yeah. we are the culture, the country that's closest to Africa. No, Africans. Oh, Africa. Yeah, because I've had Nigerian friends, friends that are from Kenya and this and that. The food looks similar. similar. Mm-hmm. You know, even like the spiritual I will say voodoo or whatever, but still, you know, they they still have that. You know, we're the closest. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being Jamaican or from, you know, from mm-hmm. Barbados or anything like that. But we were the first class, right? So mm-hmm. you should want us mm-hmm. to teach you. You know what I'm saying? Not devalue us. Yes. But it, it, it does happen. It's very awesome. A lot. <clears throat> and it's very difficult, in my opinion, to make that kind of work. Um, mm relationship wise I mean it can happen I've definitely like I said I've dated outside of my uh, culture but all those relationships didn't last you know what I'm saying and it's right. like, I don't know I've, I've dated Haitian women before oh yeah yeah and it would be pretty good it'd be pretty good but it'd be something outside of the relationship that caused it to end mm. you know what I'm saying it's like I don't know I have a very long history when it comes to relationships but I haven't dated Haitian women I mean, hey, each of them. Like, I've had my stigmas about Haitian women, and that's really what drew me away from that. And that's why I dated a lot of people outside of my culture. There's no stigmas. It's just what I grew up with around Haitian men. It's not like a stigma. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a lot of people don't know. It's like when you're reaching that part, well, you, you have psychology background. When you're reaching that age of being sexually evolved, mm-hmm. you know, um, whatever you're introduced to, whomever you're introduced to, it's like, that's why, like, some guys, 
like if their teeth their the first crush was like let's say a, a white teacher that looked a certain way or this mm-hmm. and that, they'll most likely date women that looked like their first crush. Mm-hmm. Or if they're always around certain people that they just don't like like Haitian men, like at least the Haitian men I grew up around, like they have no filters. Mm-hmm. Like they're very they're highly sexual. They mm-hmm. have no filters. They don't give a shit about how old you are. They're gonna try to like holla at you and you know, they love, love for some reason younger it was just like and at that time and I know there's other, you know, other races that are the same way, but I was getting that energy from just Asian men. Of course, I mean, you're, you're, that's what you were exposed to. <laughs> exactly. So that's so why that's, you didn't have that perception. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's why. Subjective. I that's something you went through, right? Exactly. I'm so not mad at that. There's nothing wrong with Asian guys, you know? Yeah, but you had your own experience. Exactly. And, like, I totally get that. And that's, like, for me, right? My experience, like, with, like, Asian women growing up, because I grew up with a lot of women, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The thing that I was, like, like, with my mom, like, I didn't like that she was so submissive to my dad. Mm. I like that. You know right, what I'm right. saying? Because it was just like, you know, a lot of things that you went through wouldn't have happened if you were, you know, strong enough to leave. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, if you were strong enough to just not accept how he was treating you. And it's like, I'm afraid of ever ending up with that typical type of Asian woman. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Who's super subservient, who really just lives to have kids and, and, and just be a wife. And it's like nothing wrong with people who want to do that, but there's a way to do it. And it's like from my perception of growing up in my family, it's always been kind of like a depressing dynamic. It is. It's fucking dark. Because you have just, no identity. Yeah, you have no identity. You're kind of just like, you know. Factory. You're just a factory and it's so sad. And then, you know, like I said, from my perception growing up, then they end up getting depressed weight and mm-hmm. not, not taking care of themselves mm-hmm. and then it's just like whoa and then of course the husband starts sleeping around and starts, right. you know what I mean you destroyed this woman and now you're going around you know messing with other females exactly. when you destroyed this woman right that's why it's just like that's been my biggest reason why I haven't like tried to go for Asian women for mm-hmm. like I think out of all my exes I think only like two of them were Asian see but this is what I mean and this is why when people go around and be like, yo, why does this person only date this kind of person? Mm. You gotta, you gotta think, exactly. You gotta stop and think what is their personal experience? Because if when their personal experience was just horrible, like, then they're gonna not want to be around that. Like, growing up, I'm from Elizabeth. Mm. I wasn't always living in this side of Elizabeth. Where I was um, living before, there's a lot of Spanish and Portuguese. That's mm-hmm. the friends that I had. That's the fathers that they had. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And their fathers were super nice to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it was nothing sexual. At least I never saw it. Mm-hmm. And I know Spanish men are highly sexual. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I didn't see that. They're mm-hmm. always so nice, so, so sweet. They're more subtle. There's <laughs> very sexy. Like men, the men and the women. Yeah. Because I grew up in Roselle, and that's mostly, like, Hispanics. Mm-hmm. But I grew up around Malay. My first crush was in kindergarten. Her name was Maria. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, I always kind of like, you know, I'm, I don't know TMI, but I lost my virginity to a Hispanic woman. So mm-hmm. it's just like I always had that same like, you know, I I had that perception of them being super attractive because they were the ones that were really nice to me at school. Exactly. They were there in abundance. 
You know what I'm right. saying? Like most of my like one of my best friends, he's Dominican. His mom is super nice to me. You know what I'm saying? The whole family, like his uncle works on my car. He's, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's just like that. And even to this day, my neighbors are Hispanic and they're so nice. Yeah, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be far fetched if you were to end up with a Spanish person. And then people yeah. are gonna be looking at you like, yo, you don't like black girls and this it's exactly. not that. Exactly. It's not that. It's exactly. That's that that's the thing. Like Guys, come on. It's our experience that makes us not, you know, attracted energy-wise to people of our own race and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Like, I don't know. Like, this whole love situation is difficult. So I kind of, like, taking a break from trying to look for love. Don't look for love. Let love find you. Yeah, that's not. I've been off that. Um, Instead of focusing on finding the one, I'm just focused on being the one. There you go. And that's it. Like, there's a transformation that's happening within me. It's changing from the inside out. And I know I'm not even, probably not even ready for that person yet because I'm not mm-hmm. where I want to be. I don't, like, I love myself, but I don't 100% accept myself yet. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> right. So there's certain things I need to tweak, certain things I need to heal from before mm-hmm. I can even get to that point. So that's why it's just like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I have friends. I'm cool with friends. That's all I need right now. That's right. That's all anybody needs. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness. So, um, what does a uh, black culture and black community mean to you? Mm. Black culture is about identity. It's about knowing your roots, knowing where you came from, understanding the diaspora of black people. And how we've been distributed all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, just truly understanding, you know, that there's different types of black people. I hate that we put black people under one category. Like every black person is not African American. You know what I'm saying? You get that a lot. Yes. I don't. You don't get that? No. Let me tell you. I now the funny thing is because we're we're definitely gonna discuss this in about a few minutes, mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> black guys do have a hard time approaching me, and I know why. I give off this I don't want to talk to you vibe, and I, and it's just a it's a Haitian thing. Haitian mm-hmm. women, m- mainly Caribbean women, they do look mean and rude because a lot of us are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when someone from another culture that comes to me. And they're like, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from the United States. They're like, no, 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 no. You're not black. Like, you're not that kind of black. Mm. And I'm just like, and I get offended. I'm like, but I am black. They're like, no, 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 you're not that. You know, and they'll say it. Like, no, you know what I, you you know, you know, you're not that black. Like, what other black, like, where are you from? You're from the islands? You're from Africa or something? Like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. We, and they'll say, I like that kind of black. Like, I'll get Jewish guys, mm-hmm. Indian guys. Mm-hmm. Asia, like, obviously, Indians are from Asia. But I have to specify because some of y'all are just not educated. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and no, I never, I ne- I've not once in my life ever had someone tell me, like, I'm African American. I've heard that my, like, my entire life growing up, like when I told them I was Haitian, mm-hmm. they were like, "What? You're Haitian? You don't look Haitian." And I hate when I say that. Oh no, I get that too. Oh, I don't look Haitian. A lot of people, for some reason, think I'm like Brazilian or like Dominican mm-hmm. or whatever. The thing is, but they will not 
believe that I'm not African American. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. As if like African American can't women can't look like me. Yeah. I don't understand. There's gorgeous African American mm-hmm. women. What is the thing? They're like, no, no, no. It's something about you, like. And, and I'm waiting. I know what they want to say. You're not loud. You're not mm-hmm. fit. You know what I mean? It's not like, the look, it's the behavior. Exactly. That's the distinction. Exactly, that exactly. Oh my man. Mm-hmm. That's how you view African American humans? That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just. Mm. Oh, it's crazy. Because <laughs> it's just like, I've heard that so much, like, growing up. Um, even from other Haitians, like, I remember when I used to work at the Hilton, and I worked there was like uh, Haitian people who worked there. <coughs> they would treat me some type of way because I didn't look Haitian enough, or I didn't. Suck, suck Haitian enough. That's what I'm saying. Suck like Haitian like, enough. They were saying, "Oh, like when they heard me speak Korean, they're like, oh, ooh, I said, he's like, oh, I thought you was American. Like I was just like, I don't know, I don't know what." Maybe because a lot of my friends are African American. Mm. Maybe they just associated me being around them. Uh, they thought I was African American. But then again, I don't know. But I've been treated differently just because I wasn't quote unquote Haitian enough. Right. And they treated me a certain type of way. I didn't know why. I don't know if they. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know. They, they, maybe I was too Americanized or whatever. Well, when I when I come across like a. The older Haitian person and I and I speak, you know, Creole to them. They're surprised, but again, they're. It's like I become majestic, or I'm like, you know what I mean? Because I'm light skinned So in the Haitian community, you can be like ass ugly, as long as you're light skinned you're a goddess. And that colorism shit is just so fucking weird. Yeah, it's like, and I feel like it is so weird because I see that perception of light being better a lot from my perspective it's been a lot more with the women like light skin yeah better. women that's but what when it is. comes to the like, I don't know what it is but like as a dark skin guy I get a lot of love yo like and I, I I don't know why it's not like that for the dark skinned women I don't know I don't know why either but it's not you know what I'm saying it's so the total opposite like I've seen a lot more women like dark skinned men than light skinned men and I've seen a lot of Light-skinned women get more love than dark-skinned men, which is weird. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times, light-skinned women go after dark-skinned men. I see that yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I see that all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like all the all the females I talk to, they're all like way lighter than me. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. <sighs> we're just conditioned, I guess, in yeah, one so, some way, shape, or form. Even though we try. Yourself, like, am I am I going after this because this is what I really like, or am I conditioned to like this? Like, yeah. Is this truly what I find attractive, or is this what society's told me is attractive? See, that's why now I what I did, and it's because I read this book. Oh my gosh, I can't think of the name, but it's all about manifestation. And the guy was saying, you know, what we do to pretty much screw ourselves up is we ask the universe for specifics rather than giving a generalization, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to get what you ask for. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that's what the universe wanted for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I had ended my relationship with the last guy, I was like, you know what? 
know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and be like, and, and I've dated whites, this, like, skin mm-hmm. tone wasn't the thing. I had a list of how I wanted this person to be. Mm-hmm. You could have been, again, I've, I've dated all kinds. I dated somebody that, a guy that was like 4'11", or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I dated, and I dated a guy that was like 6'6". Six, six.
knows how to make a man feel like a man is just like to me that's the best type of woman and it's mm. just like and it's not about stroking his ego and all of that it's just right. like just taking care of him in the right ways right there's mm. a certain way a man has to take care of a woman right. and a certain way a woman has to take care of a man mm. that's why you know and, it, it, and not to say that <coughs> the same doesn't apply you know for like same-sex relationships mm-hmm. but i'm just saying that peanut butter and that jelly you know what i'm saying right to make that banging ass sandwich, it has mm-hmm. to be there. So if I'm not getting what I need on every level, mm-hmm. then it's just like, that's the whole reason why I'm polyamorous. Because it's like, I'm all right if you don't have everything. Because when you're not available, I can hit up. You know what I'm saying? I've never met another person. Yeah, that that's totally yes, me. But, but, you know, people say we're selfish. Of course they And we're say greedy. That. You know why? Because of society. <laughs> Like, like, you're, like you're greedy, you can't yeah, have everything. No, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm operating on a post-conventional morality. I, I, I want everything. Like, yes, you know, everything. oh, you're a real millennial. And, and I'm like, no, because I work my ass off. I understand I need to work, mm-hmm. right? That retrospect, I understand that. But when it comes to, like, relationships and dating, I've, you know, allowed myself to not have everything. And now I'm in my early 30s. No fuck that I want everything. And you should. Definitely go for it. Exactly. I don't like me. I encourage like sexual liberty. Like be you, do you. Like even with the person, like if I'm dating somebody, like be you, have fun, just be safe. That's my only fucking thing. It's mm. like because I'm not gonna deal with somebody who doesn't even take care of themselves. Like right. you're out here taking risks. You know what I'm saying? Like right, you're right. not even selective. You know what I'm saying? Don't be out here wild and like have discretion. Like have fun, but have discretion because right, at the right. end of the day. I want us to be safe. Like, I don't want any, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, of no, course. No bullshit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, that's why it's like, all the women I deal with, I try to build a genuine friendship with them. Because mm-hmm. if I can't have a friendship with you, then it's like, how am I even going to get to the sexual aspect? Because, like, I'm not a typical dude that just likes having sex with somebody only because they're sexually attracted. Like, yeah, that's a big part of it. But I need to, like, actually be cool with you to get comfortable enough mm-hmm. to get to that point. Like, I got to know I can crack jokes with you. I can be funny with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like, you get into a lot of relationships then. I mean, I guess you can say that. Mm. I mean, relationship. You <laughs> <laughs> and me. I, I like friends. Mm. I like friends. See, relationships, you got to get past the honeymoon stage. Yeah, right? So, I, I wouldn't consider anything a relationship if it's not past, like, the four-month stage. I oh, yeah. Before, anything before that, like, you're just... Hmm. Hmm. 
Um, he didn't ask me anything about my previous relationship. This is we getting into the podcast discussion session. Oh, okay, Yay! okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, see, I knew that was gonna be bad at this part. Um, <laughs> it's like I knew I was gonna be bad at this part. Yo, uh, um, I don't know, <laughs> I really don't know. Like you did a good job. Like you really did. Like I felt like you you hit a lot of different aspects. Like I really think it was based on this. All and right. I'm pretty sure anything you didn't ask me said I'll be in the podcast portion. That's right. Guys, so now we get to ask. <laughs> I love this part. You know that she rub her hands like bird man, okay? <laughs> Play ball. So now we get to ask some questions. Now, so yes, so I had um, I had a podcast episode where in Essence magazine said a few reasons. I think there were like nine to twelve reasons as to why black men find it difficult to approach black women. So, question number one: Do you find it difficult to approach black women? And if so, why? Yes and no. And here's my reason, right? Mm-hmm. Because it depends on the black woman. Mm. Right? Because black women in general are very strong, in my opinion, are the strongest mm-hmm. females, are the strongest species on right. earth. Like, black females. We like, birth y'all, that's right. Yeah, and it's just like, spiritually. Like, black women are, in my opinion, the strongest species, and that's why you guys are the most underrated. Mm-hmm. That's why society, you know, this patriarchal, like, society has pushed you guys so low because they know. Exactly. If y'all was at the top, how shit would really be running. Hell you yeah. feel me? So, I say yes because if you're a man who doesn't have that equal um, standard for themselves, walking into that godliness just like a woman black woman is a goddess it's just like you're gonna be intimidated by that guy mm-hmm. and you're gonna be afraid of that presence but if you're like somebody like me when you're speaking and living in your truth and you understand your power as a black man or as a you know just a man in general then you find that appealing mm-hmm. it excites you it's like okay I get nervous by, like, black women make me nervous, but it, it's exciting. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like, okay, like, it's a challenge. It's, it's, it's something that intrigues me. But not everybody is a high temptation creature like me. <laughs> so <laughs> some people are going to be like, oh, hell no. <laughs> like, you know, because it's like you got some black women who demand their attention just by their the way they speak, by mm-hmm. their energy. They can dominate a conversation. They have a good balance between their masculine and feminine energy. And when you come across that, if you're not prepared for it, yes, it is going to be very hard to interact with a black woman because they don't, generally speaking, they just, they don't take no bullshit. Mm -hmm. And if you're dumb, you're saying dumb shit, they're going to let you know you're saying some dumb shit. Then they're going to dismiss you. And you're going to feel embarrassed. Right. So all of these come into factor, especially if you ain't used to being around black women. I grew up around black women. I mm-hmm. love black women. Like, I know how to deal with black women. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's not a big deal. You know what I'm saying? But for certain people, 
yes, I can see why it's hard for them to approach black women. But like you said, you grew up by a lot of black women. What mm-hmm. about all these black men, excuse me, that grew up with black women, black mothers, da, 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 this, and they still are intimidated? Because then you have to ask what was their relationship with those black women. Exactly. For me, I had a great relationship with the black women in my life. They were nurturing. They were caring. They made me, you know, tough. You know what I'm saying? They got me ready for shit. Like, mm-hmm. they kept it real with me. They let me know. Like, my aunt Judith, like, one of the dopest black women in my life. Like, she's like my older sister. Like, she keeps it so real with me. And she motivates me. It's like, I love it. I love that rawness, that realness that mm-hmm. black women have. You know what I'm saying? And, like, some people, especially, like, men who haven't learned to live in their truth, who are insecure about their own masculinity, they'd rather be around women who are subservient and more, you know, how can I say, um, submissive. Right. Right? I feel like the type of guy that is more attracted to submissive women probably has a power struggle within himself. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, it, personally, I prefer balance. I'd rather be with a woman who can take control and a woman who can let me take control. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes I like, <laughs> you do you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> And then there's sometimes where it's like, all right, I got us. You feel me? I think it should be balanced. Because sometimes you need to let a woman feel like a woman. And like I said, the way that a woman feels like a woman is going to be different than how a man feels like a man. You just got to be conscientious of that and let that woman do what she needs to do. Like, if she said, babe, I got dinner tonight, let, don't be too private. Like, if she wants to do that, let her do that, right? And just on the flip side, like, you have, because there's a lot of, like, women out there that don't let no guy pay for nothing. Like, if that man really feels like, yo, you know, I got it, babe, don't worry about it. Let that man be that man right there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, let each side shine. Right. Yeah, but I think it really depends on your relationship with those black women growing up. Because a lot of those, you know, Guys probably didn't have the best relationship with those women. They might have grown to resent those type of women. Mm. Just like I grew to admire them, some people might have grown in the same <laughs> environment, but it would have been a totally different result for them. Right. One of the points was black women <coughs> do not offer enough support. What do you think about that? In what manner? In the initial phases of like career, school, mm. and things like that. I think. I can I can say that's a hit or miss depending on the situation, right? Because you gotta look at the different variables, right? If you're dealing with a black woman who has the same obstacles plus more as you, mm-hmm. you can't be mad that she's putting in the extra effort to take care of herself when she's already in a society that's already pushing her back. So it's like maybe she just doesn't have enough to support you the way she has to support herself. Right. That's one side of it. Right? Then there's another side where there are black women who are like, I don't know, just fucking super human. And they can fucking be a boss, be a mom, be a wife, and all that shit successfully. And it's just like, that shit's rare and that shit's hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm let saying? Them, let them know. It's hard as like, yo, I had to watch my nephews for like a week. And I'm the only child. This is my best friend's kids. For a week? <laughs> I was like, oh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> Oh, I was just like, yo, I give respect to parents, bruh. Like, single mom, single dad's parents. I don't care. Like, yo, that's just hard work. So when you come across, you know what I'm saying, a, a, a black female who can do all that and more, it's just like, damn. 
feel like it's necessary to do. There's so many panels on it, like anal sex. Like, they oh. feel as though, you know, there's no point of it. We're only here for reproduction anyway. Mm. And, you know, and some guys want to try it. And mm. then it'll be like, well, if you want to try anal sex, are you gay? Mm. And then it's kind of like, no, I'm not gay. But um, when I had my podcast episode, now I'm in the LGBTQ plus community. Mm. And there's a lot of gay men. Their partners are actually straight men. There's a lot of gay men out there where they have sexual intercourse with straight men. Receiving? Or giving? They're receiving it. Okay. Because, you know, the people that they're with won't allow them to. Oh, wow. All right? So they go where they can get it. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. There is a lot. There is I a always lot. thought, like, if a guy was having sex with another guy, he's just attracted to the guy. No. A lot of times it's not even that they're, you know, attracted. It's just... They need that thing. They need... They, they want to do it, but the person that they're with won't let them. As well as um, uh, strapping or harnessing or, you know, mm-hmm. playing with the guy's ass. You know, there are black men out there that want to explore that. Mm. But if they were to bring it up to a black woman's attention, Mm. she would just instantly think he's less masculine. Mm. And, you know, you got to understand a guy's, you know, just like your G-spot is there, that's Mm. where a guy's G-spot is. And Mm. if somehow it got aroused or whatever, he just wants to feel... Ross, I mean, look at look at um Gabriel Union husband. He gets yeah, yeah, he gets salad, salad toss. Tank talks about it all the time. I have no problem with that. <laughs> you know, and then little finger here and there. Da da da. It's like, but some women, once you tell them, like, oh, can you like play? They're like, what? That shit mad gay. Like, I'm not doing that. Da da. And they're like, I'm not even asking you to dick me down, son. Like, I'm not asking you to do that. <laughs> this is what I want us to try. Like, can we try? And they won't do it. So that's that was one of the reasons. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sucks. <laughs> that does. Because it's just like, man. Yeah, but you know what? There's a lot of guys who think like that, too. Though. Right. Like, I've got, I've, I've, I have some um, male friends who are just like, what? Like, you let a girl beat your ass? I'm like... Don't knock it till you try it. Right, exactly. And then they're just like, nah, bro, that shit mad gay. Like, luckily, I do not have a fragile male ego, and I'm totally not homophobic, so I don't care if you think I'm gay, because I know I'm not. You can think whatever you want to think. Exactly. Whatever. Um, Yeah, I, like I said, I'm super sexually liberal. I think whatever feels good for you feels good for you. Do what you want to do. For me, I don't like fingers or anything, and I've tried it, and it was just, like, uncomfortable.
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, look, look, guys, like, ladies, we want our fellas to stay, like I've been saying. Yeah, you do. I try sometimes. You gotta try some things. Another thing that's, for me, that's attractive is just um having sex in different places. Mm-hmm. Like, I like like I I like a chick who's down to have sex in the car or if we like I I mean I I've, I've done this but I I mean you know depending on the situation like mm-hmm. you know I had sex in the movie theater I had sex right. in, in, in the library bathroom wow look yeah, at this guy it's it's like it's I'm a high sensation seeker mm. it's fun it's fun it's fun it sure is and um. Yeah, well, those are the those are the points that uh that I found interesting. Every other every other points was just like, oh, we look so upset all the time, and so I'm like, I'm so tired of hearing that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if you're intimidated by a look, then you know what? I don't want you to come and talk to me anyway. Mm-hmm. You can't even just come and say hello, mm-hmm. like how are you? Not would you smile? Can you smile? That's so annoying. It is. I know women say that they they, they hear that all the time. They get annoyed. I'm just like, yeah. Just imagine it is. Annoyed. It's so annoying. It's like, the simplest thing you can do is just start a conversation. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, really that simple. Like, it's really. I don't know. I never really had that problem. I don't know. Like, maybe because I grew up around and I had a positive relationship with black women. Like, I never had a problem just like having a conversation with women. Like, even if I didn't get their number or whatever, they could even have ended up having a boyfriend, but we still have a bomb-ass conversation. It's so simple for me. It's just like, just talk to them like a person. Exactly. That's the problem. They don't see us as people. people. They, they see us. Exactly. It's like an opportunity for cheeks. It's like, nah, bro, this is just a regular per- Like, if you literally just came here and talked to her, like she was somebody you already was friends with for years, mm-hmm. you'd have a you get the most genuine side of that person. That's right. That's it. Like sit down, you see them watching the game, you're like yo, who you got your money on? You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. Just sit down and talk. Like it's a regular person. No, but we're not people. We're nah. trophies. We're that's objects. Just we're just like, dude, we're, I have a heart. You got a heart. Like people. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned your ex, and I didn't ask any questions. Ding, ding, ding. I only want to ask, um, want to discuss mm-hmm. only because you said she was the reason why you went to therapy. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Um, so she was a lot more emotionally stable than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, she had a lot more patience than I did. We met in college, and our senior year of college, and we dated for like three years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's still one of my friends to this day. Like she's just right. like a dope person. Like she's always gonna be my friend. Um. And for that reason, it's because she always wanted me to just, you know, grow and be better. But she never was the type of person to, like, hold back from pointing out my bullshit, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she would always, always have an open dialogue about where I was wrong on certain things, but not in the essence of trying to blame me mm-hmm. or make it seem like it's my fault, but... So I could learn to be better and to improve on that particular thing. So, like, in our relationship, there's a lot of things where I was critiquing a lot of things that she was doing. 
mm-hmm. because for one, we just got totally opposite personalities. Um, you know, I'm an extrovert. Well, I consider myself an ambivert, but she's completely like introverted. And um, you know, she <coughs> she and I would definitely clash on certain things because it was personality differences. Right. And instead of me, you know, accepting that they were we were just two totally different people. I would try to change her or get her to change certain mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. certain things that were unable to change because that's just really who you are. You have certain tendencies and certain things that you do. You know, like one of the things was that she, I didn't feel that she was emotional enough. Mm. And, you know, having a dismembered relationship with my mom, right. I need an emotional one. As I just thought when I was with her, I was thinking I need that person who could be affectionate mm. and that person who you know, be that nurturing female. Glad you're speaking on this. Yeah, it's super critical to identify if you're the type of person who needs that. And that also was the reason on why I, I, we, one of the reasons we broke up was because, for one, I started getting the urge to want to cheat, right? Mm. And I've never cheated on any of my girlfriends. Like, I've always been loyal, right? But I've always had those thoughts, right? Mm. Because I don't know what it is. This is something that I was trying to figure out. And I told her about it. That was the first time I ever dated somebody and told them, like, you know, I love you, but for some reason, I just want to have sex with her mad people. Like, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point it was coming up in my dreams. Like, wow. not only was I having sex with other women, but in my dreams, I was deliberately sneaking behind her back to have sex with other people. It's just your, you know, subconscious just saying you were not satisfied. I was not that's all it is. And I, and I want people to understand, like, you know, your subconscious tells you you're not satisfied, then remove yourself from that situation. And that's exactly Don't true. try to find satisfaction and keep that situation. Yes. Right? That's, that's where you go wrong. Exactly. And, that's, and to me, that's hell. Yes. And, I, and that's why I, when I had that initial conversation with her, told her about it, I said, you know, I don't know why. I didn't break up with her right then or there or nothing, but I felt like, you know, if I can't really understand where this is coming from or why, then eventually I'm going to have to break up with her because I'd rather break up on good terms mm-hmm. than to slip up. And it was a long distance relationship. Mm. So it was the most trialing relationship I've ever been in because I was truly devoted. I've had a lot of close calls, don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, because I'm human, but I never did anything behind her back. And it was the hardest shit ever. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a big freak. I don't care. I love sex. I hear and you. I, I denied a lot of women, you know what I'm saying? Because I was in a relationship. As you should have. And of course. And I, 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 I am all about that, you know? Um, but I wasn't satisfied because I wasn't getting the emotional things that I needed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, they had the sex was great. We had great chemistry as friends, but there was a lot of moments where I felt she was just too reserved. Mm. Too reserved, and it was just like, sometimes you need more, you know, when you're in a position where you're expressing yourself and you're venting. Sometimes Mm. you need to hear more than just, you know, okay, or I hear you, or I understand. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I mean, people need time to process, and that's when mm-hmm. those words are being said because that person's like, still processing. Right. And I get that. And you shouldn't, but because I was expecting that from her, that's when I knew 
that I needed therapy because if that's not who she is, I can't be upset with her because that's not who she is. I don't think it's not who she is or was or isn't, I think. And this is why, you know, I tell black guys, not, not just black guys, just guys. I tell them, like, I'm not your mother. Right. That work that should have been done, yeah. it's too late. Like, mm-hmm. I can't give it to you. That was yeah. the problem with um, me and my ex. And, you know, he all what you would say. Mm-hmm. I need more. I need more. And let exactly. me tell you, I was giving him more. I, you know, like. The I, best you can. Yes. I was mm-hmm. giving him more back rubs, cooking, this, that. I need more. And I flat out told him, I'm not your mom. Mm-hmm. I cannot give you the more that you need. Yeah. You need to do a lot of work on yourself. And that's when I realized it wasn't her. It was a problem exactly. with never. Yeah. The problem was my dismembered relationship, my abandonment issues, mm-hmm. the fact that I didn't have the love and affection that I needed from a mother. Right. And because the closest thing to a mom for a man is the woman that his significant other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I expected more than what was reasonably um, capable of forgiving. You know what I'm saying? Right. It just didn't make sense. But when you're in it, it's hard to. Mm-hmm. And I was fish living through water. Right. So it was very difficult to see that she was patient. She saw it. And she saw it. And she told me over and over, you should go to therapy. You should go to therapy. Mm-hmm. So she understood why I was acting the way I was acting. Like, mm-hmm. Wilding out, being wild about like That's why she'll always be my friend because she still, to this day, I know she loves me and she cares about me. But it's just a genuine, like, yo, I felt it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really somebody who just cares about my well-being. So, that's why she'll always be, like, somebody in my life. But I knew that I couldn't stay in that relationship because there's a lot of work I needed to do on myself. And I've done a lot of healing since I started going to therapy. It's been a few months. I've done a lot of journaling. done a lot of, you know, days in the house by myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of reflecting. And, you know, my, my therapist, she's patient, too. She's popping. She, Good, yeah, like she's a great therapist. Ooh, this Shout is what we need. Um, it's just dope, you know what I'm saying, to do that work because I'm in such a better place now. And I mean, I, the work's not done; it's never done. But so much better. I feel so much more stern and comfortable within my own skin. Mm. I feel so much more confident and just way more emotionally stable because I understand where certain things are coming from. You know. Mm-hmm. And that's where the anxiety comes from is when you don't know what the source is. That's right. the anxiety. So the fact that I did the work, I did the work, and I just continue to do the work, it's just giving me a sense of solace. I feel you, brother. So glad you spoke on that because let me tell you. A lot of men do it, though. They don't even know. <clears throat> they don't. They know. They don't. They don't. Uh-huh. And they want us to do so much. And and it's just like what we, what they need, you can't give. Nope. Yeah, and they don't get that. They, they hate hearing it. I really can't give you that. The it's person that should have didn't. And now it's too late. Now so learn it's how like, to work on yourself. Oh, exactly. Now all you can do, like, all I can do now is change my perception on my experiences and uh, just find fulfillment within myself. It's a battle. It is a battle. It's hard. Like, I still feel lonely when I come home to nobody. Mm. I don't have dinner with anybody. Like, right. you know, 
know what I'm saying? Like, and that's deeper than a relationship. You know what I'm saying? It's like some people will at least come home to dinner with their parents or their mm-hmm. siblings. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't even always have to be a significant other. It's just like somebody's there. Mm-hmm. But for me, nobody. I love my daughter. She's my firstborn. Don't get me wrong, but when I was when I found out I had I was gonna have a son, I was elated. I was like because I think it is. It's like prize. It's like joy. To raise a a, a king, for me, I was like, yeah. And I don't think a lot of um, women think that way. Like, me and my son's father, we broke up when I was, I think, two months pregnant. And I never, at one point, not even not even to this day, um, no, I, I don't look at him and resent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't see him and I don't say, and when I say you look just like your father, there's no malice. There's no hate. There's like, okay, some days you just like you look like your father. And there's days you look like me or act like me. You know, and there's just so many women out there. It's like you have to be very careful with what you say to a young boy. Just like fathers to daughters. But men, they're fragile. They're very fragile. Yes, it's like an egg. And I always say to like, women like if you're going to raise a son you know one take pride in that like absolute pride because you are raising a father okay you are raising a husband you know and as a female when you raise a daughter you're gonna say okay i'm strong i'm this she's gonna be that way but a, a man the only way a boy is going to be strong. Don't get me wrong. He needs a male figure in his life, of course. But the only way a man is going to be strong and to be a strong, nurturing man is if he has that mother, if he has that love from his mom. He That's needs that love. And it, it's not like, as a behavioral therapist, I know sometimes I could be like a little tough on like my son as far as like, because I'm not going to, you know, you have attention seeking behavior. I'm not going to, you know, reinforce that. But there's so much I do with my son. Like we, we go to sporting events and he's only two. I take him to sporting events. I take him to Home Depot. We build together this, that. I spend so much, so much time with him. We don't watch TV. He has all these toys, books. That, like it's that time. And when he falls... You know, what you what a lot of moms do that cripples their sons is when he falls, you rush to him. You ru- you rush to him, but then you sit there and say, Get up, like why'd you fall? Like why you know what I mean? It's like what? You know, it's like I'm thinking you're rushing to me to help me, but you're rushing to me to criticize me. You know, and to scold me. So when my son falls I instantly, you know, I want to rush to him, but I want him to understand mommy's not going to always be there. So what I do is I say, it's okay, baby. Get up and come to me. Exactly. Come to mom. Yeah. You know, that's what you want to do. You want your son to always know he can come to you, yeah. you know, because you won't always be there. So you want your son to understand that 
whatever female is in his life or is going to be in his life is approachable. You right. want them to know that you need a female that is approachable. So for my son, I want my son to always understand your mom is approachable. You can always come to mommy for anything, but mommy will not always be there for you. So you need someone that's going to be kind of like mommy. You need an approachable female, you know, and I don't scold. You know, he does get his timeouts and everything like that. But another thing is he's never going to be the man of my house. I really wish women would stop saying that to their sons. Like, you're the man of the house. No. He's, mommy runs the shit. Yeah, not just that, but it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. You know, you yeah. may not have experienced it, but I've had, like, I have a lot of guy friends or a lot of guy associates, and that's a lot of pressure to put on a boy when, you know, they're living in a single-family household. It's a lot. You may think it's cousin, not. It's yeah, you may think it's not, but it is. It's a lot of pressure. And then to see different guys coming in and out, and it's just too much. You don't want you don't want to say that to a guy, like, oh, now you're the man of the house, like, what? No, we don't want to do that. So, before we wrap everything up, tell our listeners where they can catch you. Um, you guys should definitely follow me on Instagram at cr underscore nine oh eight. That's like the main platform that I use to promote everything that I do. If you're checking your timeline, mm-hmm. you'll be able to uh, keep up <laughs> with uh, my releases and our events. Mm-hmm. Um, I do my due diligence and post. Right. <laughs> but um, if you are uh, you know, interested in you know collaborating or bringing me on to your show, your podcast, or anything, you can email me at consciousrap908 at gmail.com um, and the website. Um, for all of our music, everybody on my label is www.jumpouttheframe.com. All right. So, last mm-hmm. thing. Tell the people what's next so we could attend. We can, like, support. Yeah. Um, two things that are coming up. Introvert Intuition, our podcast is having a live show. Mm-hmm. We don't have a date, but it's definitely going to happen. It's going to be at The Well in Brooklyn. It's going to be our second live show. So um, definitely follow us at Introverted Intuition Intuition Pod. Um, that's coming up. I want to say sometime in the spring. Okay. My company, Jump Up the Frame, is going to mm-hmm. be doing a R and B slash open word poetry. Ooh. Nice. So I will definitely period. be. You I'll know. Tell you about it. In, a, in enough time. Yes. So you can plan right. and move mm-hmm. things around. Because mm-hmm. I definitely want you to come and meet my colleagues and just. Network your eyes off. Just have fun. All right. Yes. All right, you guys. That was CR908. <laughs> it was an amazing, amazing show. I hope you guys learned a little bit about him. I know I did. Definitely loved him speaking on, you know, depression and his family. We really need more brothers like that. So, <laughs> I try, even though everybody <laughs> says I'm evil. But, you know. What? I don't get that. Oh no! <laughs> the way she looked at me. Oh, she's evil, guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, what it is is, um, I'm just really reserved with my energy. And um, I've been saying I don't like people, and I'm very.
very energy prone. So I, I'm the type of person when I walk into a room, if I don't feel good or if I'm like not in the zone, I could honestly drain the whole room. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. I can seriously drain everyone's energy. And it's not to say like, oh, I'm the shit. No, no there's just some people that, no. yo, like when they walk into the room and like they're off, you're just like, fuck, I just I was having a good fucking day, and then you just walked in and uh-huh. like, and that's me. So. That's why. Do you have the opposite effect when you're in a good mood? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you have the, you have the, the gift and the curse. That's right. Okay. But I present the curse more. Uh-huh. Because it happens if, if I'm tired. Like, if I'm tired, I get into a room, then everybody becomes tired. You know That's what I mean? Yeah, everybody's tired. Everybody's like, 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 but thank you, thank you so, so, so much. It was, it was, it was, it was. That was so awesome, you guys. I wish you guys could have like been there in the moment with us. The energy was so great. CR is an amazing, amazing guy, you guys. Check him out on his Insta, Facebook, Google him, jump out the frame records. He's an amazing guy. I can't say it enough. And I'm so grateful and so thankful that he was able to sit down with me and invite me into his own little place. So it was really, it was really cool. The vibe was great. His accolades were all over the wall. You know, it's a really cool guy. Again, just remember, this is Shoot the Breeze with Alexandria Marie. I am your host, Alexandria Marie. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Alexandre marie underscore talks that's a-l-e-x-a-n-d-r-e underscore t-a-l-k-s and just remember as always you are what you think